0: Good good evening our dear listeners, I greet you all in the name of Jesus, uh, you are tuned to 4ZFM and this is the Lubuto uh, Radio Show, your friend and brother, Brother Mwela. I come to you uh, with a message from the Lord and I believe that God is going to speak to each one of you today that God is going to meet you at your respective points of need. It's always a joy to be on air. It's always a joy to have an opportunity to, 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 to interact, an opportunity to share in the Word of God. Uh, today I come to you with a message uh, uh, that I've entitled, Be Here Reconciled. So that is going to be our message. We're going to be pondering and considering the subject of reconciliation. So we're going to look at the subject of reconciliation. And, and before we do, let's just pray. Father, we thank you. We bless your name. We commit this program into your hands. We commit the preaching of your word into your hands. We commit our dear listeners into your hands that, Father, you will cause this message to prosper in your hands in Jesus is that you cause us to profit out of this word that indeed the entrance of your word will bring light. The entrance of your word will make the simple wise. Yes, Father, even, even wise unto salvation, even the salvation that is found in Jesus Christ. We submit now before you and before your counsel, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the gospel, because the gospel is the power of God unto salvation for all them that believe in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen and amen, dear listeners. Like I said, I bring to you what I believe is a message from the Lord. The Lord is speaking to you today. So if you are tuned to this broadcast, I encourage you to, 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 uh, to, to stay tuned in and listen to the end. And I believe that your life will never be the same again. So in looking at this subject of reconciliation, or be ye reconciled to God, we're going to consider a portion of scripture in the book of Luke. Luke, chapter number 15. And again, we're going to look at another parable of Jesus Christ and see what wisdom we're able to glean from this parable. And this is a parable that you generally call, we generally call the parable of the prodigal son. Now, I'm going to read verses number one, number two, just for the sake of context that we understand who it is that Jesus was speaking to, even as he gave or as he taught in this parable. So, Luke chapter number 15, verses one, I'm reading from the KJV. Then drew near unto him, All the publicans and sinners for to hear him. And the Pharisees and scribes murmured, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. And he spoke this parable unto them, saying, So before I even go any further, I just want Uh, from the beginning, to see that Jesus is teaching this parable to sinners and to publicans. The Pharisees and scribes even complained, saying, This man receives sinners, and he even eats with them. So, Jesus gave this parable with this background, with the background that his audience were sinners, his audience were publicans, and that the Pharisees and the scribes murmured against him that he received sinners and was eating with them. Yeah. So he begins to teach and he gives three parables the first parable that he gives is the parable of the lost sheep, which you can find from verses number four. And then he gives another parable of the lost coin, which you will find from verses number eight. However, our interest is in the parables of the prodigal son. So, you realize that all three parables are related because something was lost, then it was found. And the focus of this parable is actually in the reaction of the f- person who lost something and they found it. The man who lost the sheep, he came rejoicing when he found his sheep, he put it on, on his shoulders. The woman who lost a coin, She celebrated that with her friends, and we're going to see from verses number 11. So I go ahead of you in reading verses number 11. And he said, A certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto him his living." And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country. And there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a might famine in that land and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husks that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, how many hard servants of my fathers have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and am and, um, no more worthy to be called thy son Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. And when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe, and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand, and shoes on his feet, and bring hither the fatted calf, and kill it. And let us eat and be merry, for this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found, and they began to be merry. May the Lord bless at the reading of this word. I want to state just at the beginning that God loves sinners. The Bible says in the book of John, chapter number 3, verse 16, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that also ever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. God loves the sinner. In Luke chapter Number 19, the Bible says in verses number 10, For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. So we see Jesus giving the reason why he came. He says, I've come to seek and to save that which was lost. This is why he was actually named Jesus, which means to save, which means savior. So Jesus loves the sinner. So you are listening to me right now. This message is for you. God loves you regardless of whatever it is that you have done, regardless of whatever it is that you are involved in. God loves you. There is nothing that you can do that can separate you, that can take you too far away that he cannot find you. And the story that we have read of the prodigal son kind of describes what we want to look at, the condition of the sinner. So we're going to focus on what happened to the son after he left his father's house. So the Bible says that he began to be in want. The Bible says that there arose a famine and the young man had spent all that he had. He became poor. And his poverty was such that he joined himself to someone in that country and was hired to be someone that feeds the pigs. And you see, for Jesus was speaking, of course, his audience were sinners, but of course, those sinners were predominantly Jews. And for a Jew or for an Israelite to reduce himself to become a laborer and to associate himself with pigs, that is the lowest, that is as low as anyone can get. So the description of the son when he began to be in want is that he was so poor that his poverty was so intense. Now, I want to relate the condition of the son when he had spent all that he had to the condition of any man before he meets Christ. And I want to paint that picture using scriptures from the book of uh, Ephesians, chapter number 2. And I'll read from verses number 1. Of course, this is a description of a believer. It is saying this is what a believer was before he believed, and I believe that we can apply this to show the state of the sinner right now. The Bible says, And you hath he quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the pearl of the air, the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience. So, Believers once walked according to the spirit that is now at work in the children of disobedience. So the description of every man who is not in Christ is that they are children of disobedience. Okay, verses 3 says, Among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. So again, the Bible describes a sinner as children of wrath. The Bible describes anyone who is not in Christ, anyone who never made Christ Lord as children of wrath. Now remember, he is talking to believers and he says, "This was your condition. You were children of wrath. You were children of disobedience. So he's talking to believers and he's telling them, reminding them of their past condition. And the past condition of a believer is the present fate of an unbeliever. What the believer was is what the unbeliever is. So we can rightly paraphrase and read the scripture as saying, You who are dead in trespasses and sins, you who walk according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is working in the children of obedience, the children of disobedience. So that is the condition of a sinner. A sinner is lost. A sinner is poor in every sense of the word. And I use that term poor, not in terms of material sins, but in terms of the depravity, the depravity of your spirit. You are lost. You are dead. The Bible says you are dead in your trespasses. That is... Uh, how far uh, uh, are the sinner has gone. You are dead in your trespasses. And of course, you might be saying, how can you say that I'm dead when I'm alive? You see, if you are not in Christ, you may be breathing, you may be walking, you may be moving, but you are certainly not alive as far as God is concerned. And I want want to just take us back to the book of beginnings and that is the book of Genesis and consider what God taught Adam when he created him. The Bible says that God instructed or commanded Adam to say, you may eat of every tree of the garden, but you shall not eat of the tree of, Of the knowledge of good and evil. Because in the day that you eat of it, you will certainly die. In the day you eat of it, you will certainly die. Now, we'll see in Genesis chapter number 3, the man committing the very sin that God told him not to eating from the same tree that God commanded him not to. Now, of course, you may ask or you may want to know, did God tell the truth when he said that the man was going to die the moment he ate from that tree? Because, of course, we see Adam going about, even in hiding after eating with his wife, and they lived on for years and years and years. And actually, Adam went on to live uh, to live 900 plus years before he actually died. So when God said, the day you eat of it, you will die, what did he really mean? And I'm just trying to address the fact that the Bible says that you were dead in your trespasses. This is talking about believers. So notice the tense. The tense is saying you were because it is describing the former condition of believers. But like I did allude to, the former condition of believers is the present reality and fate of non-believers. So Adam died the moment he ate from uh, that tree. Praise the Lord. The Bible says, let every man be a liar and God be true alone. So what God said, he meant it. And that is exactly what. What happened? Of course, he went on to live 900 years, but we know the Bible in another place says that a thousand days to God is as a day, and a day is as a thousand days. So Adam, of course, died within that uh, that day. He died within that 1,000 uh, years. He didn't actually even live on to see a thousand days. So he died before that day. But that is not the point. The point is that the present condition of anyone who is not in Christ is that they are dead. You are dead in your trespasses. The Bible describes that condition as being a terrible condition. And I want to liken that condition to what happened to the prodigal son when he left his father's house. He began to be in want. He was poor. He literally died. He sank so low that he started feeding uh, pigs. And my focus is not necessarily in what happened after he he returned, but I just want to stress the point that he sank so low. So you may be listening to me right now and you're saying, I have sunk so low. I do things that I don't want to do. I'm involved in things that I regret after I do them. I to bring a word of hope this afternoon, this evening, that God is still waiting on you. The Bible tells me in the book of in the book of Second uh, Corinthians, chapter number five, verses number. Verses number, let me start from verses number seventeen. It says, Wherefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature, the old things have passed away. Behold, all sins have become new. Praise the Lord. All things have become new. My interest is in verses number uh number 18. And all sins. reconciliation. And then we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ is steady. Be ye reconciled to God. So I beseech you, brothers and sisters, I beseech you as you listen to me. Be ye reconciled to God. Now you'll notice that the Bible is not saying that God be reconciled to you. The Bible is saying that it is you that need to be reconciled to Him. You might want to ask your question why it is you who needs to reconcile uh, to God and not God reconciling with you? Because as far as God is concerned, there is no enmity between God and the sinner. Because God has paid the ultimate price for sin. By sending Jesus to die on the cross, that price has already been paid. The wrath of God has been satisfied. The justice of heaven has been been satisfied. All the claims of the justice of God have been met by the blood that was shed on the cross of Calvary. So it means that in Christ, God reconciled himself to the sinner, but now it is the sinner who needs to reconcile himself to God. In the story of the prodigal son, one thing we see is that though the son left, the father did not leave, such that even when the son returned, the father was looking forward to the day when he was going to return. I believe that the father was looking out, checking, watching what day, what hour the son was going to come back. Now I believe that God is waiting even right now, waiting on you to come back to, uh, uh, to him, to be reconciled back to him. Because the means through which you must be reconciled has already been provided. And the means for reconciliation is the, the bottle of Jesus that was destroyed on the cross. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Jesus has already paid the ultimate price on the cross. This is why the Bible says, For God so loved the world. Actually, the Bible says in another place in the book of Romans that God so loves the world such that even when we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So God is not asking you to clean yourself. He is not asking you to put your act together. He is not asking you to become perfect before you can be accepted. God is saying in your very present condition, in your sin, with that same stench of sin, with that same smell of sin, God has opened his arms wide, and he is inviting you in this very hour. He is saying to you, come. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus. I beseech you. Brothers and sisters, I beseech you, you are listening to me right now, be reconciled to God. God is not angry with you, God is not mad with you. He has already provided a propitiation for your sins, He has provided an atonement, He has made a provision for the forgiveness of your sins, for the removal of your sins. So, by the Bible says in John 1.29, Behold the Lamb of God which takes away the sin of the world. Jesus is that Lamb of God, and he has taken away the sin of the world. All you need to do is to believe that the work that he did on the cross was effective, it is effectuous, and that it works. You have to believe that when he died on the cross, it was your sins that took him to the cross. It was love that caused him to hang and to remain on the cross until the price, until the full price was paid. Oh, praise the Lord. Uh, someone made a comment that when Jesus was on the cross, the soldiers tried to offer him sour. They, uh, they, they tried to offer him vinegar uh, or is it sour grapes to uh, to drink? And in that uh, tradition, that was meant to, to, uh, to kind of reduce the pain a bit, but he refused to take what was offered to him to to, to reduce the pain and the anguish because he wanted to pay the price in totality. He wanted to clear the bill. The bill of your sin has been cleared. The bill of your sin has been paid. It has been paid in full. This is why this invitation now stands that you may be reconciled to God. The Bible says whoever is thirsty... Let him come and drink of the water of life freely. You see, that invitation is still there today. That invitation is still there today. Come and drink of the water of life freely. Jesus is still offering salvation. The Bible says a free gift. A gift is good, but there's evident emphasis it is a free gift. It means that you don't pay anything. It means that you don't bring your own merits. You don't have to wait until you are clean. It is a free gift. And God is offering that free gift to you right now. God is offering to you that free gift. This very moment, as you listen to me, as you listen to the sound of my voice, God is knocking at the door of your heart. Revelation 3.20 says, Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. Jesus is knocking at the door of your heart. Will you open for him? The Bible says that if you open, I will come, I will come in, says Jesus, and I will dine with you and you with me. Jesus wants to come in. He wants fellowship with, uh, with you. He wants to, to, you to dine with him. But he can only do that when you allow him. He can only do that when you let him. You see, the difference between man and animals is what is called the free will. That is what makes a difference between humans and animals, the free will. Humans have a free will. Humans are able to make independent choices. Humans have got volition. They can decide what they want. Unfortunately, it is possible for one to even deny the gift that God has provided and end up in hell by their own volition, by their own will. Because man has been corrupted by sin, so even given an opportunity to choose, man always ends up Choosing what is bad for him. Choosing what is not good for him. This is why the Bible says there is a way that seems right to man. But the end there of his destruction. The end there of his destruction. The end there of his destruction. There is a way it looks right to, 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 to the natural eyes. There are things that you are involved in that may look alright. But the end is destruction. You need to look at some of these things with the eyes of the Spirit, with eyes that are regenerated, for you to be able to see that what someone is involved in will not end well. Praise the Lord. So I come to you with a message of reconciliation. I come to you as an ambassador. I am an ambassador of Christ. I'm saying, be ye reconciled. The Bible says, to wit that God was in Christ. God was indeed in Christ. When Jesus was born as a baby of Bethlehem, it is God that produced himself. Why did he do that? So that he may provide a way to bring you back, to bring you back from from, from the place where you've been, to bring you back from your place of loss, to bring you back from your place of sin and from your place of shame. God came down to earth he didn't require you to go up. The Bible says, I, I, I love how the Bible puts it in the book of Romans, but what saith it, the word is near you. He's not saying that go into the, 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 the deep, that is to bring up Christ from the dead, or go into the heavens, that is to bring uh, down Christ from, uh, from above. But what saith it, the word is near you. God is not asking the impossible from you. He is not asking you to ascend the hill. He is not asking you to cross the ocean. God has bridged the gap. By coming down to where you are. Even as I'm speaking right now, he is right there with you. He is right there where you are. And he is waiting on you. He is knocking at the door of your heart. Will you open for him? Will you give him a chance? For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have everlasting life, but have eternal life. God has promised to offer His life. God has promised to offer His life Will you open that door? Will you open your heart and surrender your life to God? You see, child of God, I can guarantee you that your life will never be the same again when you make Christ Lord of your life. I cannot promise and guarantee that you'll never face any problems. In fact, you may face more problems. But one thing that I can tell you is that victory is guaranteed in Christ. Victory is guaranteed in Christ. Victory is guaranteed in Him. So Jesus has promised eternal life. What you need to do is what the prodigal son did. He realized that the place that was in was not a good place. As I'm speaking to you right now, I pray that the Holy Spirit will speak to your heart. The Bible says that He is the Spirit of truth. When He has come, He will convict the world of sin. So even right now as I speak, as you, you, you hear the sound of my voice, the Holy Spirit is tugging at your heart. The Holy Spirit is speaking to you right now. And when you hear his voice, the Bible says, Do not harden your heart. Do not harden your heart. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation there is no escaping when you neglect salvation and the salvation that we are talking about is a free salvation it is free because you don't have to pay it is free because From the point of view of the one who is receiving, there is no payment that is required. But I can guarantee you that it cost heaven everything. It emptied heaven. The the, the salvation that God has provided emptied heaven of its treasures. just to provide a bridge for you to cross. This very moment as you listen to me, God is speaking to you. God is speaking to your heart. Will you open that door? Will you open that door for the king of glory to come in? for the king of glory to come in who is the king of glory the lord almighty the one which made the heavens and the earth he is waiting on you he's been waiting on you you see tomorrow brethren is not guaranteed there is no certainty of tomorrow Therefore, when you hear the gospel, you need to act quick. You need to act now because we do not know what is going to happen tomorrow. People who die don't plan to die. And other than dying, the the, the Lord Jesus did say that the day of the Lord will come as the fifth in the night. It will be as the days of Noah. People will be drinking, they will be eating, they will be patting, they will be doing all sorts of things. That's the normal things that people do. And suddenly, the Son of Man will appear in the cloud with his angels. Will you be ready for him? Are you ready against that day? The Bible says that he is able to keep for us that which we have entrusted unto him against that day. So for believers, there is security. Believers are safe. Their salvations are guaranteed by Christ that he is able to keep for us that which we have committed unto him even against that day. Praise the Lord. So I'm praying for you really this evening my prayer my prayer is that god is going to meet each one of you, at your respective points of need. I'm praying specifically this evening for sinners. The Bible says Jesus was telling his disciples that the harvest is ripe, but the laborers are few. Pray, ye, the Lord of the harvest, that he may send more laborers into the field. I'm praying for you right now. That you are going to heed to this invitation. That you are going to accept this invitation. That you are going to accept this invitation of reconciliation. God is knocking at the door of your heart. Will you open for him? Whoever is thirsty, let him come and drink of the water of life freely. Whoever is thirsty, whoever will, let him come and drink of the water of life freely. That offer still stands. That offer still stands today. God has opened His arms. God has reconciled Himself to you. You need to reconcile yourself to Him. You need to reconcile yourself to Him. You see, a relationship has got two sides. The part of God has already been settled. It was settled on the cross. The cross is a permanent is a permanent message of the love of God. It is a permanent uh, b- b- a statement of the position of God. And the position of God is that he came to seek and to save that which was lost. Oh thank you Jesus. I just want to pray for you this evening. Oh, Ryakosu Kitari Ale Kelamondre bojegli Bojegli Prygis Tarabayamondo rabababosha Iga Prozo, Elimaso amantre boja. Eso kotolomalia kundre bojig pragyazo. Uzo totomande barigia. Uzo toto pekelamundre bojig yeze. Rako kutepalamundrebo. Intemande bagbizo. Ijo jujo. Leki ba ba. Ramonde Belgizo. Suzusto beklemundre baba bo shande. La bababocha I pray that the Lord breaks every stony heart that the Lord removes that heart of stone and replaces it with a heart of, of flesh in the name of Jesus oh thank you Lord Jesus don't worry about what you have done I know that Oh, Oh, there is nothing that can separate you from the love of God. Nothing that you have done, nothing that you will ever do can separate you from the love of God. Oh, I see you reasoning right now that you've done so many bad things. You, you've been involved in so many things, in so many deals or in so many uh, relationships, in so many men. I'm here to tell you, God has already forgiven that. He forgave that in Christ on the cross. Oh, Sakela Mondre Boya. Yes, and I repeat, God forgave all that you have done in Christ at the cross. That is what he did. That price that he paid was strong enough To handle whatever it is that you have done. Whatever it is that you have committed. That was payment enough to handle what you have done. What you have done in your body. It does not matter. Oh yes, you might have murdered someone. Oh, yes, you might have committed adultery. Oh, yes, you might have done all sorts of things. Oh, yes, you might have joined a cult. The blood of Jesus is strong enough. Oh, you, of course, you might have shed blood, but the blood that was shed on Calvary, it is speaking a message, a better message for you even right now. I bring to you that invitation. I bring to you that invitation. Be ye reconciled to God. Be ye reconciled to God. As the father in the story of the parable of the prodigal son received the son with open arms, so is God waiting with His arms open even right now? And the Bible says that there is great joy in heaven over every sinner that repents. You bring joy to God when you repent, when you turn to Him, when you, you, you are reconciled back to Him. You bring great joy. To God, there is great joy in the presence of angels. The Bible says in the presence of angels is great joy. Yes, the angels are rejoicing. And guess who else is in the presence of angels? God is in the presence of angels and is rejoicing over every sinner that repents. God His hands are wide. Open Even this hour, even right now, even as you listen to this message, God is waiting on you. God is waiting on you. Will you come? Will you open the door? Will you let him to come in? Will you let him to come and dine with you and you with him? Whoever is thirsty, whoever will, let him come and drink of the water of life freely. I can guarantee you, child of God, I can guarantee you as you listen to me that our salvation is closer than when we first believed. Our salvation is closer than when we first believed. Are you ready? Jesus is ready. God is ready. The Holy Spirit is ready. You see, as we have seen from the scriptures, he came to seek and to save that which was lost. And every time whatever was lost is found, there's great jubilation, there's great rejoicing. But will you let him? You are lost, but he has found you. Will you go with him home? Will you walk with him home? o Raqueundre bias Shato Poco to bozuzo balekendre the Bible says, for the love of Christ constrains us for the love of Christ constraineth us because with 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 us judge that if one died for all, then then were all dead, and that he died for all that they which live should know should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. The love of God is so deep. The love of God is so intense. The love of God is so extreme that he has sent his only begotten son, that God has to come And be born in a baby that the Creator had to become, the Creator had to become the created in order for Him to fulfill His wish of reconciling you back to Himself. And that has already happened. It was done on the cross. Oh, Rako Toro Sha Shatoro Kantalamando Shaka. Ezotopelemente Egli Ostopandre Baglies. God is waiting on you. His arms are open. His arms are open. Lemande Lege Baba Jagedeba O Rocheketendri Babozo Shantaraba Montre Babu. Oh thank you, Jesus. Will you open that door? Will you open that door? I'm going to read the scripture, uh, even as we begin to wrap up. uh, 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 That is in uh, 1 John, 1 John chapter number 2, verses number 1. Of course, this is addressed to believers. It says, My little children, these things I write unto you, that ye sin not. And if any man sin," we have an Advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the Righteous. And He is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Wow. Oh, praise the Lord. That is a powerful scripture. The Bible says there is an advocate with the Father, and that advocate is Jesus. You see, an advocate is a lawyer, an advocate is someone who speaks on your behalf. So even as you're listening to me right now, the blood of Jesus is still speaking for you. The blood of Jesus is still speaking for you. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews that the blood of Jesus speaks. A better message than that of Abel, the blood of Jesus right now is speaking for your forgiveness, that blood is speaking for your reconciliation, even right now, oh praise the Lord, He says he is a propitiation that just literally means that he is the covering for your sins. Jesus is the cover for your sins. And unlike uh, unlike the Old Testament's uh, system, there's the, a the great deal of atonement of the Old Testament where the blood of bulls only covered the sins, the blood of Jesus does a more thorough work. The blood of Jesus does not just cover sin. The blood of Jesus completely removes sin. The blood of Jesus completely obliterates sin. It removes sin from you and separates sin from you as far as the east is from the west. It says he is a propitiation, he is a covering, he is the atonement. I like what someone said about atonement, that the word atonement means at one meant at one It means that Jesus is what makes you and God one. Oh, Shaqelamondre Bayer, before that price was paid, we were at loggerheads. We were at loggerheads. We were, there was enmity between God and man. But Jesus and the blood that is shed on the cross has bridged that gap. Praise the Lord. That gap has been bridged by the shed blood of Jesus. Oh Karabayamondo. Oh, I, I'm reminded of the songwriter who says there is power. There is power in the blood. There is power in the blood. Oh, that Oh, there is still power in that blood. That blood has not lost any ounce of its power for saving. The blood of Jesus has not lost an ounce of power to save. Will you be free from the burdens of sin? There is wonder of power in the blood. There is wonder of power in the blood. Will you be free from the burdens of sin? There is wonder of power. There is wonder of power. Will you be free from the burden of sin? There is power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonderworking power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonderworking power in the precious. Blood of the Lamb, there is still power in the blood. Oh, Kababo Sheketon Rebaya. That blood has not lost any power. That blood has not lost any ounce of its power. There is still power in the blood of Jesus. Power to save you from your sin. Power to cleanse you from your sin. Power to forgive you your sins. Power to heal you of your diseases. Power to bring change in your body. Power to bring deliverance in your life. There is power in the blood of Jesus. I speak right now. The power of that blood of Jesus is breaking yokes in your body. It is breaking bondages in your body even this hour. O Telemandri Oh, chains are falling off by the power of Jesus. Oh, chains are of bandula falling off by the power of Jesus. Karaboshake okay. tamonde, iso totokendribgi, aromonto mashakeke, igapruzo, isezuzo, shantaravaya, haha, lekendele boyos. There is power in the blood of Jesus. And I believe it, and I'm convinced that this very hour, as you listen to the sound of my voice, that something is happening on the inside of you, that the Spirit of God is ministering to you right now. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And I see several of you you are asking, so what shall I do? What shall I do? How should I retain? How should should I return to him or Calamondre Babujes? Like I said, like the prodigal son retained, the father's arms were wide open. It was not the prayer, it was not the plea of the prodigal son that caused him to be accepted. It was the father's love. It was the father's love. The father's soul loves you. That is just waiting for you to take a step. He is just waiting for you to take a step. The Bible says, draw unto me and I will draw unto you. Run unto me and I will run unto you. He is waiting for you to make that step. And that step is a step of faith. It is a step of belief in Christ. That the death that he died on the cross was your death. That he died for you and he died as you. He died as your substitute and he died in identification as you on the cross. The price has been paid. The price has been settled. It's been settled in totality. Everything has been paid. There is no need for you to pay. All has been cleared. The bill has been paid. Praise the Lord. So you are seeing right now, even as I begin to conclude, Brother Mueller. but what should I do? I really want to, to make up... To, to 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 surrender my life to Jesus. I want to follow the Jesus that you are talking about. I say that is the wisest decision that you can ever make. That is the wisest decision that you can ever make. I'm reminded of a time when the uh, uh, when the disciples asked Jesus, "What should we do to to to, to work wake the works of God?" they said. He said, believe karaboshande baya it is faith you need to believe you need to believe believe in jesus believe in the work that he did on the cross that that work is enough that you don't need to do anything else, therefore, I want to read for you scripture in Romans chapter number ten verses number nine, that if you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved, for with the heart man believes and is made righteous, and with a mouth confession is made unto salvation. So you see, what you need to do is basically two things. You need to believe in your heart that God has raised Jesus from the dead, and you need to confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. And if you are ready to do that, I'm ready to lead you in a prayer, in a prayer of faith. So I'm going just to lead you, but uh, uh, I want you to pray after me, but make that your own prayer. Say, Lord Jesus, I thank you for your word. I believe in my heart that God has raised Jesus from the dead. I confess with my mouth Jesus is Lord. I thank you because this very moment I am born again. I am a child of God. And I say unto you that if you prayed that prayer, if you meant that prayer, if it came from your heart, that you are born again this very instant, that the Spirit of God has regenerated your spirit. And that you are born again. So I want you to call these numbers just to reach out. Uh, you uh, you need help. You need materials. You need a help with with the church that you can be attending. O nine seven seven nine four five nine one three. O nine seven seven nine four five nine one three. So you can call. That number you can also call0977412743. You can call us on those numbers and we'll be happy to reach out and provide any help that you may need. So again, this has been your brother and your friend Brother Muela. It's been good uh, spending time with you in the word of God, uh, Shalom, uh, Shalom. God bless you.